0: Mooney and I run the Dictionary Reading Podcast, where we read the dictionary.
1: My name is Toby, and I am the host of the Secret Transmission Podcast. We are a show that discusses the paranormal, conspiracies, the supernatural, UFOs, cryptozoology, and anything else weird—from serial killers to cults. Our show is transmitted to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter at SecretTransPod. So put on your tinfoil hats, come learn with us as we try to explain the unexplainable. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and today we have got the long-awaited interview with Mrs. Mulligan. And the reason why I say long-awaited is we already did the interview with Mrs. Mulligan, and it the audio got lost. My awesome recording program completely corrupted the file for the recording, so she was very nice enough to come back and chat with me again. And it was not; it was more enjoyable than the first time. I mean, not that the first time was bad. It was just awesome talking with her again. So before we begin, I've got a few advertisements that I have to read to keep the lights on with Magic with Zuby. and. This episode is featured on LegitMTG.com. LegitMTG.com not only has some really well-written articles, but also offers free shipping on all orders over $2 or more. Ever get tired of going to other magic sites and you just have to buy some cheap singles? And when you go to the checkout, shipping costs more than what you're buying? Well, no more with LegitMTG.com. Any order over $2 or more has free shipping at legitmtg.com This week's episode is brought to you by Horizon DataSys, makers of Rollback RX. Do you ever wish you could take your PC back in time and restore to a pristine state? Rollback RX not only allows you to bring your machine back to any point in time, but it's a great way to recover from a bad driver update, viruses, or even a botched installation. Horizon DataSys doesn't tend to discount their product often as they know it's going to save you hundreds of, of dollars in recovering your PC, and I should know I've used this. But for listeners of Magic wazubi they provided us an exclusive discount. Visit https: colon slash slash goo. dot gl slash capital D I capital B V A capital F for twenty five percent off rollback RX. And as always, I will be sure to tweet that link out, everybody. And last ad is. This episode is brought to you by also Five Color Combo. Five Color Combo is a great resource to find custom tokens, playmats, or other accessories. Learn more about Magic the Gathering and keeping up with the latest news and strategies. They have also developed the premier app for getting better at limited called Magic Drafter. Go to 5 today or click on the links in the description to check it out. I really like Magic Drafter. It's definitely helped me out. I definitely like using it, you know, right before FNM or maybe the day before FNM and if I'm going to draft, you know, quickly do a couple drafts and it's pretty easy. It's super simple and quick and the deck building is easy. It's just a really awesome app to Check out. And it's free on Android and iOS. The Magic with Zuby podcast can be found on the following places. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, mtgcast.com. If you wish to email Magic with Zuby, send me any question at mtgzubi at gmail.com. Magic with Zuby is also on Facebook at facebook.com slash magic as well as Twitter at magic with And don't forget about that giveaway I'm doing with the two Commander 2015 decks. I will say a certain code word throughout the interview, so be sure to listen to that. And once you hear that code word, email me at mtgzubi at gmail.com to be eligible to win. There's going to be two winners since I have two decks, so one for each. And I will pay for shipping, doesn't matter where it's at, you know, as long as it's not in Antarctica or on the moon, you know, whatever. But anyways, here is the interview, everybody. So welcome back, Mrs. Mulligan. And even though technically this would be the first aired episode, in case some people don't know, well, actually, it's only really you and I know, (laughs) we recorded about, what, two weeks ago? And yeah, about about two weeks ago. And when I woke up the next morning to check in, start editing, the recording was completely bad. And I felt absolutely terrible when that happened. But had
0: like zero kilobytes in it.
1: Yeah. And you've (laughs) been so nice to come back on. And I just want to thank you for that. So sure. This one is going to work and we're going to get it done. So how is it going with you tonight?
0: Uh, It's going Okay. Um, been keeping myself busy, writing all my articles, and trying to keep up with my stream and everything, so it's been hectic, but I'm getting ready for Columbus next weekend, and I kind of had the weekend off, so.
1: Oh, that's good. Did you do any pre-release this weekend?
0: I did not. I didn't really have a chance to do so.
1: I don't blame you. I didn't have a chance either. I went and played Standard on Friday, but I was so out of it. I did three rounds, 1-1, one, one, and I... I it was just one of those nights where you're like, I can barely function. I can barely play magic right now. So right. W- what am I doing here? So I see you're in a new room and I see some magic cards behind you. Did you move into a new room or?
0: Uh, no, I just turned around. I got a new lighting <laughs> set up and stuff. Okay. Um. So this wall behind me used to be on my left.
1: Oh, okay. So it's the same room. Yeah. Okay. Just
0: turned around a little bit. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> so at Columbus, that's coming up this weekend. Is that standard? It is. It is. So do you have any plans of what you're going to play?
0: Um, I'm going to be taking Red Green Ramp. It's not really... I don't think any of the new cards really fit in it very well. And I'm actually going to be writing my article for the newsletter this week on the deck that I'm going to be taking. Okay. But I chose it because Efro suggested it to me saying, you know, it's a good one for someone just getting back into Standard or for someone who doesn't know the metagame very well. Okay. So it's, and it was really fun. It was kind of like playing Tron.
1: Yeah, in a sense it can be. It's, mm-hmm. I played Red Green Ramp a lot during Oath. During the Oath Standard, and one of my favorite things was doing a turn 5 Ulamog. Mm-hmm. Which, that was always Feels nice.
0: really good.
1: Oh yeah, and your opponent just <laughs> cries. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, but, um, so you don't think any of the new cards will fit in Red Green Ramp right now?
0: Um, I was looking at it. Many of the new cards are just not powerful enough for the ones that have really high cost. Or they're lower on the curve than we're trying to, than the deck is really trying to get to. But it's it's um, powerful for its cost, but it's not as big as we're looking for. Okay. Emrakul uh, is the best bet, but it's never you never have enough delirium to get her down to ten mana, and t- if you're trying to get over ten mana, it's really hard. Like, I was playing the deck with her in mind. Like, what if Emrakul was in my hand? And there's just, like... I almost never would have been able to cast it. Hmm.
1: There was that one... um, That one card. It was a green card. Um, It was that green enchantment. I think for two colorless and two green, it allows you to draw, what, one or two cards whenever you play a creature that costs seven or more?
0: Right. By the time we're playing... St- big creatures that cost seven or more, we are pretty much good to go. We've already drawn all our ramp, put all of our lands on the field, so every turn we're top decking a big threat and dropping it on the field. I think it's just not necessary. I may be wrong. It may be added, but I don't think I'm going to add it.
1: Yeah, I was curious to actually test that out because I know when I played a lot of red-green ramp, um... You know, you're right. Once you get the big creatures out, you're pretty much good to go, as long as they don't ex- as long as they don't exile it. But hopefully by then, you know, you've gotten them, you've gotten them down to where they can't really do much. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the things that I liked about that card was that was always one of the hard parts about Red Green Ramp, where you're always having to rely on your top decks. Where sure. you know, say they wipe your board and you just keep top decking lands and you're kind of screwed, but if you can somehow manage to cast Worldbreaker again or Ulamog again, you know, you get two card you get two card draws off of that as well. I don't know, it w- it was just something I saw that I, I would probably definitely test out. And...
0: Right. Sanctum of Ugin helps with that a lot as well.
1: Yeah. Are you playing the version where there's I've seen some versions where they play four ulamogs? Are you going to be playing that one, or...?
0: Um, I think I'm running three Ulamogs and three Worldbreaker. Okay. And a handful of Chandra, so two or three, and... I mean, I could go find my list, but... Okay. It's the... It's... I started with the one that was in Eric Ferlich's, um like, discussion about the deck. Yeah. And I'm going based on that, so very minor changes.
1: Okay. All right, so you feel ready for it? You excited?
0: I feel like I will be ready for it, (laughs) and I'm excited.
1: (laughs) So how far is Columbus away from you?
0: It's like six hours. It's not too bad.
1: Are you going by yourself, or are you going with some other people? I
0: am. It'll be me, but once I get there, I'm splitting a hotel. So I get six hours on the road by myself, and then a night with people that I've never spent a night with in a hotel before. So it'll be interesting.
1: All right, then. <laughs> no, but I mean, these
0: are friends that I've met on the SCG tour. I yeah. just haven't like, really spent much time with them outside of Magic tournament.
1: Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. No, but no. Well, good luck with that. And I'll be looking out for you. Are you hoping to have you made a day two yet in an open?
0: I have not. Okay. I seem to always make one win less than I need to make day two. Oh, so when 6 sad. and 3 makes day 2, I get 5 and 4. And when um, you have to have 7 and 2, I get 6 and 3. Every single time, it feels like.
1: Well, maybe this weekend will be your chance to get it. You Hopefully. got
0: this. <laughs> <laughs> that's the plan. That's always the plan.
1: See, at least with Red Green Ramp, there's the only thing you have to focus on is just getting as much land out as quickly as possible and getting those big creatures out as quickly yeah, as possible. Yeah, it's relatively
0: uninteractive. yeah. Which is helpful when I don't know the metagame very well. So I'm not able to play around all the stuff my opponent might have anyway. So it doesn't matter if I can figure out what they might have. (laughs) So I just do my thing and cross my fingers.
1: Yeah, And I'm actually interested to see if some of the other guys have, I don't know, some new decks thought up. Because it's, I mean... If you've been following Standard, it's been nothing but Green-White Tokens, or Bant Humans, or Bant Company, and it's just... Mm
0: -hmm. That's why I stopped playing. It was all the same. Yeah,
1: I mean, it it feels like it's almost as bad... not not just almost as bad, but it feels less interesting than when Four-Color Rally was dominant in Standard Mm -hmm. for a little bit, but... I don't know, we'll see. I hope Eldritch Moon shakes some things up, and I'm hoping... I'm hoping to get some drafting into with this set coming out. Yeah. But, um, I guess, so let's begin with what got you into streaming? Like what made you decide to, all right, I'm going to stream magic one day.
0: Okay. So a friend of my husband's went to go work for Twitch, which kind of reminded me that Twitch existed as a company. Yeah. Um, and I had been thinking about wanting to play more video games and, like, do that just because it was fun and I wanted to do more of it. And so Karek's like, why don't you just try streaming? The worst thing that can happen is you get a couple <laughs> of trolls and you stop streaming. But the best thing that can happen is that it grows into something fantastic. And thankfully the latter happened. So I just started streaming. I believe I did Over- or Overlord. I played Overlord. Okay. And then a couple of other games. And then I played Minesweeper one day because, you know, I why not stream it, right? And that was the day I had a troll come in and say, Why don't you play a real game? And so I was like, What do you want me to play? Like, what do you want to see? They were like, Well, what games do you know? And I was like, I play magic online, and they're like, Well, that'd be better. And then they had like <laughs> eight people watching me and it was crazy. So that kind of took off from there.
1: So are you so you're playing magic online now. Mm-hmm. Um, is that what you're mainly playing right now?
0: Yeah, that's what I stream the most. Um, probably second most would be creative and or social eating. I started that new category that Twitch released recently.
1: Yeah, what is up with that? I just I, I heard about it a couple weeks ago and actually decided to watch one tonight. Before we got on our interview, and what's up with it?
0: (laughs) Um, it's it seemed really strange to me at first as well. Uh, it's based on the Korean mukbang. Okay, if you've heard of that, where they like order a whole bunch of food and they like just sit on stream and like eat as much as they can. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's social eating, so it's like. If you're, if you're lonely, you can co- go out to eat with the person on social eating or something. And it's really all it is, is I'm interacting with chat. I'm just talking and hanging out about, you know, talking about whatever. And I'm, like, making and eating my lunch. So I've been doing it every Wednesday at lunch, but it's really fun. So if I get a chance, I'll probably do it more.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'll have to – I've never heard of the, the mukbang before. Is that – is that competitive eating, or they just sit there and eat and chat?
0: <laughs> no, they just sit there and eat and chat, and it's apparently a huge thing in Korea. Um,
1: of course, when it they announce
0: social eating, no, it, it's really strange, but it's kind of cool. Like, it took me a while to wrap my head around it. But we found a like one-hour documentary or something where this lady from England, I believe, okay. went over to Korea to like figure out what Mukbang was and why it was popular and that was actually really helpful to understand
1: yeah Korean culture is usually on the weirder side um, I've actually been to South Korea before mm-hmm. um, but this is back in 2005 and that was like the height of Starcraft eSports back then you could you could walk down the street and see giant posters of Starcraft hanging on the side of six skyscrapers which was insane. You know, you, you never That's
0: fantastic.
1: Yeah. You, you'd never think, cause you'd never see something like that in America at the time back in 2005, 2006. Right. And there was, they also had TV channels dedicated to Starcraft at the time where it's just all they played 24 seven, which I found amazing. Like you said, you would never see that back then here in America. Now, now they're having what counter strike, um, didn't they have Heroes of the Storm or something, or Hearthstone as well? I don't know, on ESPN. Uh, I can't keep up with it all, but no. But they
0: are doing more esports.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's it's cool. It's um, it's cool to see that sort of culture, you know, start to, you know, because a lot of it did originate from Asia, and now it's seeping into Europe and America now, too, which mm-hmm. is really neat to see. But, um, yeah, I'm going to have to look up this mukbang because, like I said, I'm, Never even because I heard about the social eating what a couple weeks ago must have been from another podcast, and yeah, it's just a little bizarre, <laughs> but yeah, it, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, I didn't know about it until they announced social eating, and that's the day I learned about it and the day that <laughs> I did my first social eating stream. So,
1: no, that's cool though. Mm-hmm. Do you, you know what? I actually speaking of podcasts I downloaded that one history podcast you told me about
0: oh yeah
1: oh crap what was it called again the dollop yes that I listened to the bowling episode of it
0: I don't think I've heard that one yet
1: yeah it was I think came out yeah it came out July 3rd the history of bowling in America I I gotta say I really enjoyed it they um you know, I, I went bowling today with my kid and my um, mom and stepdad, and I was spouting off bowling facts that I heard from the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just make it really fun to listen to history stuff. Right. So, no, I want to thank you for introducing that. I, it's it's probably going to become one of my, you know, go-to podcasts for, you know, and they, and they aren't that long either, which I like, too.
0: They vary between thirty minutes and two hours, but most of the time they're on about an hour side.
1: Okay, yeah, no, I like them. It's um, like I said, if you, I think I mentioned it before in the other interview, the other podcasts. If you like history, is listen to that Dan Carlin hardcore history. Mm-hmm. It's pretty dry. It's not very humorous. It's not very funny, but it's really good stuff and this guy takes months to research just a single topic. So it could be, so he could come out with a topic like about the starter world war one release one three hour episode. And he won't release part two until a few months later. Cause he's just researching everything about it, which mm-hmm. is really neat. But so you're doing streaming now and mm-hmm. what are your, what are your goals for? What's your future plans with it?
0: Um, that's kind of a hard question to answer. I'm just kind of going one day at a time and things keep like coming up. So like Star City Games came to me to have me write. Okay. And you know, this new social eating and creative, you can do like cooking show kind of thing, which I find really fun. And then I've done some painting and like magic card altering on there. That's cool. So I've just, I'm kind of doing what's fun and what I want to do. I have a schedule for Magic, so I do Magic then, but then I'll do other things in between. And we're just going to see what happens next.
1: Okay. So, Star City Games came to you then for writing. Mm-hmm. It's um, Is it just mainly competitive, the competitive side of Magic they want you to write about?
0: They gave me an open platform. Okay. They said, you know, just write whatever. I mean, obviously about Magic. Yeah. But... You know, topics are completely up to me and I'm more interested in the competitive side of magic, but also helping people get into the competitive side of magic. So those are the kind of the topics I've gravitated towards so far. And okay. I'm not quite sure what my next topic's going to be, but I'm sure I'll figure it out soon.
1: Oh, that's good. Do you have a set day when your articles come out?
0: hmm I'm every Monday.
1: Okay. And are you on the newsletter as well?
0: I am this month. So I am the featured writer for the Ju- July newsletter.
1: Ooh. That's yeah. cool. Is that sort of like a rotation thing where they pick different writers? I'm not writers sure.
0: Or? I mean, it, it's a different person each month. I don't know if it's a rotation so people do it again or if it's like every other month is the same person, which I don't think it's that, but... You know, it's a different person each month. I don't know how to pick it.
1: Okay. No, so let me see here. So when, I guess with you streaming and all that, are you just trying to, so you're taking it one day at a time, are you trying to just coming up with plans and ideas to try to build the Mrs. Mulligan brand?
0: Yeah. Or- um. I mean, I'm trying to like, smart business wise like yeah i keep improving like my lighting and everything i'm improving my stream constantly i'm trying to improve my game constantly i keep traveling to these events both <coughs> sorry
1: that's no, all right
0: both as me and as mrs mulligan because you know people recognize me from both names now since i've started writing for star city and it's just like Things keep happening that keep moving me more in the spotlight. And that's okay. And I kind of like that. So I'm just going to see where all these other things take me.
1: So have you been outside of any magic tournaments? Have you been recognized at all? Anywhere? Like on the streets or in the store or anything? Or
0: I don't believe so. Um The store I go to is a bunch of my friends and I've been there since before I started streaming and getting popular. So they've kind of been there for the whole journey.
1: Yeah.
0: Um I've had some fans who are local or quasi local come to my game store for an F&M so that they can meet me. <laughs> and that's, that's always cool. really fun. Yeah, it's it's really actually great. And then like at tournaments or like right nearby tournaments people will recognize me, but I'm not big enough that the greater population knows who I am.
1: Okay. Well, so so since you're getting more into the limelight now and, you know, things keep happening to, you know, Star City Games has come to you. You're going to more Star City Games opens and other tournaments. How has I guess when you do go to those kind of events, how has being recognized affected you? Does it affect you in a way where do you ever get self-conscious about it or or anything like that? Or do you get nervous? I really I
0: I really enjoy it. Okay. I like the attention. I like making new friends. That's part of the reason I go to these things is to meet people and be with people. It's really exciting for me. So when someone comes up and, like, knows who I am, you know, it helps when they introduce themselves to me by their screen name so that I actually know who they are. <laughs> uh, most of the time they say who they are and I have a, like, welcoming but confused look and they have to, like, then use their screen name. But then I remember who they are. Yeah. But it's always it's always really nice to just like always have someone to talk to. And I have a couple of tricks like if I'm not in the mood to talk, I have either my headphones with me or like I'll go to the bathroom so I can't really be disturbed. But generally I'm out and about looking for people to talk to.
1: Well, that's good. So it sounds like it's been more of a positive experience than anything. Mm-hmm. And um no, and that's one of the things that I know you've mentioned before and what I like. About your stream is how you try to keep that positivity around you, and always try to be positive because, as we all know, especially in magic, it's hard to be a hundred percent positive. <laughs> <'Cause you laughs> yes, def- it can't be. You will definitely have those bad beats, and do you keep that same sort of attitude when you're playing paper tournaments?
0: I try. Um, I mean, it's always rough when you have bad beats, but generally at paper tournaments, I'm not as tired because it's not really late at night. Yeah. Like some of my streams get to be pretty late for me uh, but yeah I, i'm I just try to be happy, and when I'm playing magic, I'm generally going to be happy.
1: No, that's good. So before I get into another question, i don't j- just to do a little interruption here. Um, I don't know if you've seen my Twitter feed, but I'm giving away two commander decks, Commander two thousand and fifteen decks. And I've told my listeners or e- people reading my stream or my Twitter feed that they need to send me an email with the code word Kawabunga in order to be eligible to win one of <laughs> these decks. Uh-huh. So, so, just I- I'm going to be announcing the winners probably at the end of the month of who it is. So, I've got a few entries in so far. So, but if you still want to be able to win, use the code word Kawabunga, send me an email, mtgzubi at gmail.com. So, yeah, just wanted to interrupt that real quick. Just put it in there because I tell people, you know, hey, listen to the listen to the episode, and you'll get the code word.
0: Cool, sounds good. All right. Which M15 or which Commander 2015 decks are they?
1: They are. Or is it a secret? Oh no no no! I, I posted a picture of it. Hold on, let me pull okay. them up. They're behind my stuff. They are the Claw of Progress, the Simic one. I don't know if you can see it. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, uh, the Boros one, the Calamie or Kalame or. Calamne. There, there you go. That's how you say it. Yep. <laughs> that is one thing I am terrible at pronouncing, like the majority of magic names.
0: They do choose some very interesting names.
1: Yes. <laughs> That's... I
0: actually heard a, an interesting fact today. So, Gisella? OK, um, is a or was a common name like 30 or 40 years ago in Germany or something. So they changed her name for the German cards. Really? To be like um, Zella or something. So they just got rid of the G at the beginning. But that way it wasn't like saying Ruth or, you know, Sandy or
1: Maude or something like that. Or, yeah, or something <laughs> like
0: that. So it was I just thought it was really interesting and that has to do with names of cards. So
1: That's weird. That's also pretty cool though that um they did they that. They localized it that way. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that I that I love what Wizards does, especially with it like one of my favorite sets was Theros, the Greek set. And mm-hmm. I loved how everything was all Greek mythology and every Greekified pretty much. Right. Um, so when did you start playing Magic?
0: I started playing in M15, so it's been about two years now. I bought, like, the Clash Pack or something from that set, and uh, we just started playing that, bought the intro decks, and went from there.
1: Okay. And does your husband still play with you? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. So he plays quite a bit, um... He's not quite as interested in traveling to a lot of these events, so that's why I'll be going by myself. But he comes to some of them with me. We went to the World Magic Cup qualifier last weekend together, which was really fun.
1: Uh, How'd you do on that?
0: I went four and four.
1: Mm.
0: It was a stacked room, like Sam Black and Justin Cohen, and people were there. Oh, wow. But I still wanted to do better (laughs) than four and four.
1: Yeah. At
0: At least I broke even. Yeah. So you know, I didn't like tank it real hard.
1: Could have been worse. It could have been worse.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So what were some of the decks you lost against? It was modern, right?
0: It was. It was okay. modern. Um, I lost to Infect. So they just got two really fast, oh, de- like draws, which happens sometimes. So I think oh, that yeah. was my first loss. Uh, I can go grab my notebook and tell you.
1: Oh, I mean, that's fine. It's um Okay.
0: I can't quite remember. I beat <laughs> Red Green Tron twice in a row.
1: Oh, wow. It turns
0: out cuz round 1 both me and my husband played against Red Green Tron. And then I was paired against whoever the person he was paired against round 1 for round 2. Oh, wow. So it was it was interesting because, you know, I talked about, you know, so what's your opponent play just like you always do between rounds with your friends. Yeah. And then I sit down and he's talking about, you know, his last match and how it went and how he, you know, beat a Merfolk player who was dressed really nice and I'm like, okay, that's my husband. So I know that this guy's <laughs> playing right Great Tron. So it was it was odd to have that like small advantage. I've never had like scouts before or anything. Yeah. Or like, oh yeah, you're playing against this deck. Because it doesn't make that big of a difference. But I actually did mulligan differently in game one than I would have. Like, I probably would have kept my 7, except against Tron it would have been rough. So I went to 6.
1: So how hard is it to beat Tron as Merfolk?
0: Um, If I can hit a Spreading Seas, or I can keep them off of Tron, it's fine. Okay. If if they just, like, natural curve into Tron, drop Karn on turn 3, generally there's not much coming back.
1: Yeah, that is usually rough. I, th- I think for <laughs> almost any deck, it's rough. Right. So you went. I four- mean, you're not
0: supposed to be casting seven mana creature, seven mana planeswalkers on turn three.
1: Well, why not? They you should be. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, there's a reason Tron is a deck, and there's also a reason people bring things to defeat Tron with.
1: So. Yes. Yes. Many land destruction. Get out of here. Um. <laughs> so you went four and four. Uh, what did you take away from that tournament? or what lessons did you learn from it
0: mm. I guess the one thing that happened that I'd never seen happen before is redirecting my regri tap trigger to their spells kite in order to not have to keep me off of double blue mana oh okay or something so like i would tap yeah, I don't remember exactly, but it was I'd never had any of my friends figure out that they could redirect the re trigger to spellskite. And like if I sat down and thought about it, I would have known. But that was that just struck me as strange. But in general, I mean it was just another high level tournament that was really nice and fun to go to and I met some cool people, but it wasn't like eye opening or anything.
1: Okay. Okay, so you've been to a lot of comp REL events. I'm guessing mm-hmm. by now, right? Yes. And um so you're usually pretty comfortable in them by now?
0: Yeah, I one hundred percent prefer competitive REL. I don't like being forced to tell my opponents what the power and toughness of my Merfolk are. Because that's there, it's derived information. I don't have to tell you. I don't like yeah. having to help my opponent out. And you don't have to at competitive. So
1: Yeah, that that is that is one of the better things that I like about it. So so what helps you get prepared for a tournament mentally now? Or do you just don't really think about it now? Or what about when you first started?
0: Um, when I first started, I would get nervous. And I would like try to make sure I had everything set up and organized. And I'd have to you know, double-check that my deck was correct. And like, I didn't have extra cards because that can lead to a game loss if it's in your deck box. And, like, I would, like, double-check all the details. But at this point, I am so used to it. I don't really do much. Okay. Generally, I don't pack extra cards for the trip. But, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
1: Uh, no, it's all right. It's all right. So <laughs> so pretty much it's become second nature then by now. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. It's, um... So now that you're trying to get more into competitive, or or you have been in the competitive scene now, um, is are you mainly going to be sticking with the Star City Games opens? Are you for is the that most what you mainly part? Do? Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, they're just generally closer. I have a lot of friends in the Star City circuit. Um. And like, I really like the way they run their events. And I like the people who are running their events. So I really enjoy going to them. I actually am planning to go to a GP coming up here in the next couple months. There's a team sealed in like Indianapolis, I think.
1: Ooh, that sounds fun.
0: So there's three couples that are at my game store. So we're splitting off guys and girls and we're going to take two teams to Team Sealed. So I'm really excited for that one.
1: Is your husband going with that one?
0: Yeah, he'll be on the guys team. Okay. So we'll see.
1: <laughs> no, that'll be fun though. I've never... It'll be
0: cool to like stack up our records against each other at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, I've never done Team Sealed. Is that the one where you all share a pool of cards?
0: Yeah, I've never done it either. So I'm not 100% sure. But okay. I'm pretty sure you get 12 packs and you have to build three 40 card decks.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, yeah, that sounds, that sounds crazy.
0: It's different. Yeah. It's very different.
1: So, as far as Opens, are you going, have you, did you go to the last Orlando Open, or is that way too far for you?
0: I did not go to Orlando. Um, I went to Dallas, which okay. was the most recent one, if I remember. Well, no, there was Worcester, Yeah, which I did not go to. But I did go to the Dallas one, which was the last Modern Open.
1: Are you going to the next Orlando one in September? I
0: actually will be. Yes.
1: Ooh, so I may see you there. I've already yeah, because I live in Tampa and I've already I've already got time planned off and everything, so I'm definitely going, and awesome. I'll have to see you there.
0: Sure, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I'm yeah. bringing.
0: I found a really cheap flight to and from, so I'm going to Orlando.
1: Ooh, that sounds fun. Is it first time in Florida?
0: I went in third grade. <laughs> so no but kind of
1: <laughs> it's it very is. different
0: when you go to like Disney World or yeah. whatever in third grade with your parents versus going for a magic tournament in your 20s so
1: yeah because I think it's I think it's in the Orange County Convention Center which I've been there a bunch of times really nice place but um, if you do go it's going to be September it's still going to be hot as hell it, it, <laughs> this has been a terrible summer um, i'm in
0: missouri it's been rough here too
1: oh yeah it's this has been a really bad summer this year it's been like i what july 4th i went and mowed my lawn i think that was the last time i mowed my lawn wait no that's a lie i mowed it last week um when I, <laughs> yeah it's i can't remember uh, i mowed my lawn right early in the morning and then i did some yard work and by the time I was done, I was ready to die. Just, oh. It was I drank so much water and I was sweating and it's it's only like ten o'clock and oh, it's it's bad it's bad yeah. this year. So bring a crap ton of water or buy a crap ton of water, e- okay. even if you're not really going outside. Just yeah, it's bad. <laughs> and um, do you are you just pl- staying there for the weekend?
0: Yeah, I'm flying in Friday and flying out Monday, I think.
1: Oh, okay. I was going to say, if you were staying a little bit longer, I mean, hey, go check out Cocoa Beach or Daytona Beach or something. They're gorgeous. Yeah. But no. I'm
0: not sure what time my flights are, so I may have some time on Friday or Monday to do so.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're they're a little bit far away from Orlando. There may be hour to drive, something like that from it, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I, I think so. I don't know, I'm so I'm so used to being on the other side of the coast where everything takes like two, three hours to get to the other side. So, mm-hmm. um, no, but that's cool. But I'm definitely going. I'm bringing Grix's Delver. I've been practicing. I need to, the biggest things that I need are a playset of Ancestral Vision, which, eh, not the cheapest, but I'll get it eventually.
0: You might have friends who have them to borrow for the weekend.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: And then you can practice with proxies unless it's a sanctioned event.
1: Yeah, I've been. Or I've play been, test
0: cards. I'm sorry.
1: Yes. No. I've been. Um. I've been practicing a lot online with it, and it's that is not a very easy modern deck to play. It mm. is very very non linear type deck, and, it's, and it
0: very much depends on what your opponent is doing.
1: Yeah, and I sort of like that. That I have to be more reactive to the deck, where is. As soon as I get the upper hand, I can just control the game, and I don't care what you do. I'm just gonna tell you, nope, you can't do it. So, right. It's um, it, it's exciting, and I'm just hoping. Every time I've been to a compar event, I'm just I hope I win more than two games because <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing pretty bad lately. I haven't been to a, an IQ since. Was it May? I think I went to a Legacy IQ. And did terribly. I brought Mono Green Stompy to a Legacy IQ.
0: <laughs> I mean, that could be why you didn't do terribly well.
1: Well, yeah, I know. It's I'm, <laughs> I'm slowly building Legacy Elves, but since the, all those buyouts are happening, Guys Cradle yeah. is shot up like crazy. It's
0: what like three hundred bucks now or something.
1: Yeah, and I was actually planning on buying my first piece of Guys Cradle this month for and before it went up, it was like one fifty, one sixty, something like that. Yep. And yeah. Now I gotta wait a little bit longer. I mean, I could go and buy a playset right now, but my wife would not be particularly happy with me. <laughs>
0: I understand that.
1: Yeah. But um Yeah, that's pretty Does much Does your
0: wife play Magic?
1: I've tried to get her into it. We played because I've been playing on and off since Urza. so when we got together about ten years ago, we've been together for ten years this year. And cool. um When we got together, we played, you know, I pulled down my old box of cards full of Urzas and Tempest and Stronghold and all that and played. And I built her this quote unquote awesome angel deck (laughs) (laughs) and she would constantly kick my butt with it. The only way I'd be able to beat her. Yeah, it was. I mean, at the time, like when I look back at it now, it's not good at all. But when we were, you know, still trying to figure stuff out, it's holy crap. I can't beat your stupid angel deck that I built. And the only way I could beat it was play an aggro deck, like super aggro. Mm. And, but um she she eventually fell off on it. I mean she I try to get her into it. You know, we've had some friends over before where we play EDH, you know, like fi- like a five six person group and, mm-hmm. and it's just not her thing. And that's okay. Yeah. No, we, we do other stuff. Um the whole new Pokemon Go thing
0: that's yeah. happening.
1: We last week we spent two hours just me and her, just going going around our neighborhood playing.
0: Well, that's really fun.
1: Yeah, it was. We had um someone watch the kids real quick, and we just caught Pokemon for two hours. It was fun, a little impromptu date.
0: That's pretty great.
1: Have you tried Have you tried that game out yet?
0: It does not work on my phone,
1: Ooh. but
0: my husband has it, and I'm living vicariously through him, and it's. Probably a good thing it doesn't work on my phone because I imagine <laughs> it would eat six hours of my day every day.
1: So It'd be really bad. It's really fun. It's a really fun social thing because I have coworkers that are playing it, and w- my boss. He's um, he wasn't young or he was too old when Pokemon came out. He's mm-hmm. he's like forty forty one, and so he was way past the Pokemon Prime when it first came out. But he's mm-hmm. he's playing the game now because. He's just like, this is so dumb, but it's so much fun. <laughs> I have
0: friends who never played Pokemon because it was just like, that was for little kids kind of yeah. thing. And they're now enjoying it. They're like, I don't know the names of any of these. And I'm, <laughs> they show me like the silhouette. And I'm like, that was that, 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 because that, I know them all.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I, I'm i now starting to remember all of them now. But when first playing Pokemon Go, I'm like, oh, God, who who's the little worm guy? And then. You know, I and then I I looked it up and it's like, oh my gosh, I remember all of these and I remember catching all of them in the game and it's it's just brought back a lot of fun and what my daughter and I do now, um, not every night, but almost maybe a couple times a a week we'll go out and walk around the block and capture some Pokemon. I'll just give her my phone and say, here you go, and we'll take a walk. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it's I just like what it's doing. It's just a really weird phenomena that's going on. I mean, I'm sure, give it a couple months, it'll go away. But it's just really cool that it, this is a game that's getting people outside, walking, and talking with people.
0: And getting people interested in their local area. Yeah. I mean, some people are just wandering around with their face in their phone. But other people are going to these places and exploring them and learning about them and, you know... Paying respects at memorials that they probably wouldn't have ever visited, and things like that, just because this game suggested that they go there, and that's really cool.
1: Yeah, what's yeah, I agree with that. What's also really cool is, um, you know, the little pokey stops that you can go to. There's mm-hmm. been a few around my area where they have these murals, these painted murals on walls and stuff, and I mm-hmm. would have never ever noticed it before if it wasn't for this game. And it's exactly. just re- really cool to admire that art when you find them.
0: I played Ingress back several years ago, four or five years ago now. Yeah. Um, so I had the same kind of experience with that game. And I think Ingress was like a big, like information gathering thing for Pokemon Go. We just didn't know about it at the time.
1: Well, it's made by the same company. Right. So it's,
0: this. it's very, very similar to the game. Yeah. With a Pokemon skin on it. So you can tell like where ingress portals are is where Pokestops are like it's the same data that they're using and they're just presenting it in a new way.
1: And that's so it doesn't
0: make it any less fun, though.
1: Oh, I know. No. And that's so cool, because I was telling I was telling my wife or someone that I wish they had this game when I was a kid. I would have died for something like this when Pokemon came out. I would have died to be able to run around my neighborhood to catch Pokemon Because I can remember being a kid, and I didn't have the Game Boy game yet, so I would run around my neighborhood catching bugs and frogs and lizards and pretending they're Pokemon.
0: (laughs) I love it!
1: (laughs) I would try to make them fight, and they wouldn't do it. I'd get pissed off.
0: (laughs) I can imagine two little crickets, or like a cricket and an earthworm, and you're like, fight!
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I remember specifically, I the only one I can remember specifically was I caught a lizard and I got like a bunch of ants and I would try to make them fight or whatever, but they just completely ignored each other. Like I, like I built a little, um, like a makeshift, like little arena, quote unquote, just,
0: I love it. It's fantastic.
1: (laughs) I don't even remember what it was made out of, but they just ignored each other and just ran off. I'm like, this is bullshit. (laughs) But, um, Yeah, those were good times, and like I said, I love what it's doing, and um, that's pretty much what's consumed my gaming life right now, besides Magic, is just that Pokemon Go. Um, Mm -hmm. So, when you, getting back into streaming, what have been some of the hard things that you've come across when it comes to streaming?
0: Probably the hardest thing that I've had to learn to do while streaming is to keep up with multiple things at once because interacting with chat while playing, you know, Magic's a very mentally intensive game. Like you yeah. trying to think about all your plays and think ahead and like all the strategy. But I'm doing that while talking to people, while making sure that my stream is going well. Like, you know, not only like am I keeping people entertained and people are enjoying themselves, but also that it's technically correct. Yeah, And it's a lot of things at once, which is definitely, I think it was probably the hardest part. And then setting it up, thankfully, my husband's very good with technology. So I could have done it, but it would have taken me three or four times as long. <laughs> so I let him set everything up and then tell me how he did it and how I can do like little changes in the future.
1: Oh, that's good. Is it hard to be consistent with streaming?
0: Not really, because that's like my main schedule thing at this point. It makes a big difference in being successful if you have a regular schedule.
1: Okay. What about on days where, I mean, we all have these days where you just don't want to go to work or you just don't want to do anything. How How has that affected you? Occasionally,
0: occasionally I will cancel my stream if I'm having a particularly bad day or if like I just have tons of things that need to have I need to get done. Um, But that's not very common. The times I'd like take off the most would probably be the days that I'm traveling to tournaments, because if I'm driving Friday afternoon, I won't be home for my Friday afternoon stream.
1: Yeah. Oh, and I'd rather drive
0: during the day and not, like, leave here at 6, get there at midnight, and dre- like, driving during sunset and nighttime. Oh,
1: no, screw that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, oh, that'd be terrible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So what are some of the misconceptions that people may have about streaming? Like, is it just, oh, it's simple, you get an audience right away, or or what? what Most do you think it time- may be?
0: Most of the time people don't assume you get an audience very quickly, but a lot of the times people like, think you play really badly, and you do play worse on stream because you're keeping track of three or four other things at the same time. So I know that my like, record on stream is about 75% of what my record is in paper, okay. or when I'm not streaming on Magic Online. Just because I miss like huge obvious plays or big things to like play around because I get distracted by chat because I'm talking about something cool and like that's the I mean that's the same thing that's the hard keeping multiple things going at your head at a time but people expect you to play extremely well and you know I'm competitive I want to be playing extremely well but it's much harder to do well while doing everything else.
1: Yeah, I, I can see that it's, I've slowly, I, I, sh- I've been streaming a little bit of magic to maybe once a week. Cause I don't have time to do it every day. And when I do have some people watching, it is tough because I'll be concentrating on a play or something, and then I'll see chat, like, just light up, and I'll get distracted by what the opponent's doing, and I'm like, I don't know what just happened. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see what happened. And...
0: and if chat starts, the more people that watch you, the faster chat starts to move. So the harder it becomes to keep up with that and play the game. And I'm one of those people that, you know, I can skim something and get the general idea, yeah. but if I'm going to read something to understand it, I read it at the speed of speaking. Because I'm basically reading it to myself in my head. Yeah. And a lot of people do that. Like, it's not abnormal. But that doesn't help me when chat's scrolling up my screen super fast. Like, faster than movie credits. And, like, I'm also trying to play Magic. And I'm also trying to do all these other things. And it's, it's entertaining, at least, when I get all distracted and flustered.
1: Yeah, that's got to be... Um, I don't know about you, but do you have, do you have two monitors on your computer? I do. Okay. Um, one of the things that I find distracting, I don't know if this is like you, but if I see, I don't know, like I could be focusing something on one monitor and I see something flashing on the other monitor. Like for your example, just seeing chat, just scrolling up. I can't not look at it because <laughs> it's just like, distract- it's like my brain's telling me oh, you need to look at it. You have to. There's
0: movement. Yeah. I mean, that's what how your brains are wired to work. Yeah. So, um. At this point, you know, because I've grown steadily, so I've gotten used to it. And as it sped up, like if it was as fast as it is now, when I started, I'd be all over the place. I'd be a mess. But I've learned the skill of keeping track of both at once. Which is actually kind of cool that I've managed to train myself to be able to do that.
1: That's good. That's good. Do you deal with... uh, Do you... Do you deal with a lot of trolls in chat or anything? Because we know Twitch chat is famous for that.
0: Right. Um, I actually don't normally have much of an issue with that. I'm very strict about my chat rules. You know, they're not hard rules to follow. Be nice. You know, keep it PG or PG-13. You know, this is a happy, positive environment. I want you here if you want to be here but you're going to keep it that way. And I have really wonderful moderators who like give people warnings and then t- like time them out and then if they keep doing it ban them and I'll do that as well. You know, it's harder to do cuz that's another thing to keep track of. But, you know, if someone's being rude, they just they get timed out for, you know, incremental amounts of time until, you know, they just don't get a chance anymore and they're banned from chat.
1: Oh, that's good. It's um
0: I think I only have maybe Well, okay, I had a negative raid one day.
1: Negative so raid.
0: I what's so, that? so like sometimes you have raids where like I'll send all of my people over to somebody else's stream and it's a raid, it's exciting, I'm sending them viewers. Okay. But occasionally 4chan decides that they want to go spam and try to get somebody to jump offline. They're trying oh, to like break okay. somebody's spirit. So I was going to say I probably only have like two dozen people who I've banned. But that day, I probably got a 100 or something people who got banned. Oh, wow. I mean, I had four mods on. Someone who was a regular in my chat, I made a mod because I needed more people like just banning these people right after each other. So I probably have 120 or so people <laughs> on my ban list. But most most people don't get banned.
1: Yeah, that's... <laughs> well, I've, I've never experienced that. But I can only imagine it's pretty shitty of them. It's,
0: I uh, mean, it was it was really frustrating. And I wasn't quite sure. Like, I had never experienced something like that before. Or really even seen it on someone else's yeah. channel. So I wasn't quite sure how to deal with it. But I knew that if I got offline, they won. Oh, and okay. I couldn't let them win. So I just gave some of my regulars mod ship. And <laughs> we just like made a party out banning these people. And I kept playing. And I ignored them all. And it ended up okay. They got bored eventually. And stopped making new usernames to mess with me and everything.
1: Yeah, that's... I mean, don't get me wrong. I've done my fair share of trolling back in the day. But, I mean, that was before streaming and all that. it was just mainly trolling and message boards um but it's i don't know it, it's just young kids they're bored, and you still have and there's a difference
0: do. between lighthearted trolling and trying to spam someone until they get offline because you've made them uncomfortable
1: yeah i I guess I have it people is.
0: come in and make make cutesy jokes and you know, things and I will time them out for like 10 seconds or something so that the message is deleted and say, you know, that's not acceptable here. You're welcome here if you want to be in in this environment, but please read the chat rules. Yeah. And 90% of the time they say, oh, I'm sorry. And then they hang out and we like talk about magic cards and stuff. And it's really fun.
1: No, that's good. It's, it's, I feel like it's, you're doing a good thing with being positive positive and making a positive environment because we know, especially now with how prominent, you know, Twitch is and, and the internet as a whole, how hard it is to keep that sort of positivity going. Cause it's mm-hmm. real easy. You can just look at Twitter and see all the BS that people post. And it's real easy to get sucked up into that and just start doing the same crap back at them. And mm-hmm. it's, it's tough. It's tough. And you know, you staying positive like that i guess that's good it shows like there's hope for humanity <laughs> that people can stay positive and it like i said it's just really easy to just be a pos online and just i don't right think, behind right.
0: an anonymous yeah. name yeah for the most part at this at this point i have a lot of people who are regularly there so they're talking in chat and people see the conversation and see that it's not done to be rude or whatever
1: yeah. so
0: I don't have issues with it anymore just because there's not an example that it's okay and then that brings people to my channel and keeps people there because they're glad to find somewhere safe
1: you know and that's good it's um like I said it's just real easy to get sucked up into that right and you know there was something else I mean we briefly talked about it before in our lost interview it'll be found one day um (laughs) about how you know battling with depression and has streaming helped you with that at all
0: it has um giving myself a schedule made a difference um especially one where I was accountable to other people because they would all see me um and I get a lot of my energy I'm you know, very extroverted. So I get a lot of my energy from having other people around me, mm-hmm. and streaming gives me that. So I'm I'm not lonely while I'm streaming. And, you know, people wanting to watch me makes me feel good. Like they're enjoying being in my presence. And just in general, there's been a lot of positive feedback from my stream that has helped a lot with my depression.
1: No, and that's good. It's, um, I, I was diagnosed with depression as well. Major depressive disorder I was diagnosed with. And it's something, it's something that I've been battling myself as well. I mean, there's definitely days where no matter what I do, I just can't get out of it. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, I could win $500 million or I could, you know, the best thing in the world could happen to me and I would just be, you know, really down. And, know, and
0: it's hard for people to understand because it's not physical. Yeah. But it does the same thing as any other disease like this, you know. Yeah. Some days you just physically aren't able to do anything, and it's harder for people to tell because they can't see it.
1: Yeah. It it, it is. I mean, I I don't know if I mentioned it before in our lost interview, but I get up at four thirty in the morning during the week to, um, go and work out at, at the gym. And, um, yet, yeah, you know, I can do it. But if I, if that, if that's a week where my depression is hit, it doesn't matter. Cause usually when you work out, you know, you produ- your body produces endorphins, makes you feel good. But mm-hmm. even that it's just, there's days where it's just, I can't do it. Literally cannot get up and just do it. Yeah. And like I said, I think this podcast definitely helps with it because, you know, even though i'm still pretty new it's i I've, I've been getting positive feedback i actually I mentioned it before in my previous podcast but i got <clears throat> so, so i don't know if it's my first international listener but it's my first international listener that's written to me uh, that's awesome yeah uh, a a girl by the name of anna from argentina <laughs> so congratulations that's fantastic yeah so i mean i found that pretty cool because i I started this just to, you know, talk about magic, you know, get it out there because I've just got so much to talk about. And mm-hmm. it definitely helps. And, you know, I can see streaming helping as well because, you know, you say you're an extrovert, but I'm very introverted. It's, I'm, I like being around people, but I have my time where it's like, I just need to be alone. Just let me and be. It's
0: where yeah. you get your energy from. Yeah. And so if you, you know, you need to be alone to kind of recharge, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I tend to start to drive myself crazy if I'm alone too long, so it's really important for me to spend time with other people.
1: Yeah, I can see that. It's um, I definitely feel like that sometimes. But what I've noticed, especially lately, and I don't know, if, I don't know if you're like this too, but to not get into that state of mind where you start thinking those bad thoughts, I always have to be doing something. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what. It's like this morning I woke up, I woke up pretty early, well, early for a weekend around 8 a.m. And I woke up, ate some breakfast, and I just started immediately thinking, oh, crap, I'm bored. What What can I do? What can I do? <laughs> so I decided for the hundred millionth time to start organizing my magic cards again <laughs> <laughs> just to do something, you know, right. it's oh, geez, I- I'm surprised they're not in perfect order by now. <laughs> it just, says
0: all the new ones then make a messy pile and you have to start over
1: and not only that but it's I'll get—I'll get, I'll start googling like oh how do other people uh, rearrange their cards and I'll do it that way <laughs> it's just oh instead of by color I'll do it by color but by instant sorcery and enchantment or then I'll do it alphabetically but by instant sorcery and enchantment or <laughs> I'll do it by collector's number and it's just oh. Yeah, it, it gets tiring. It's like, I don't know how many times I've done it. <laughs> Do you have a lot of paper magic cards?
0: Um, More than I need. <laughs> well, I, I try really hard to send out any cards that people want, like, that are of much value. Yeah. If I'm not going to be using them. So I have a lot of, like, draft bulk that nobody's really interested in. I'll probably donate them to, like, some middle school at some point and let kids dig through boxes of commons and think, oh, man, this is a spider and it can, like, reach into the sky. That's so cool.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: And, uh, you know, to people who play Magic a lot, that's, you know, it's just a a 2-4 with reach, whatever. (laughs) But it's, like, super cool to this kid. It's a giant spider. So and that's how you fall in love with Magic. It is, and it, I can help with that.
1: It is it e- when I see a new player, <clears throat> you know, come to the store on a draft night or even standard or FM, whatever it may be, and they get so excited by some crap rare they just pulled. And you know, you and me, we'd be like, Oh great, why did I get this? You know? But to them mm-hmm. it's like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. It's I just
0: it, got a giant <laughs> dragon.
1: Yeah, exactly. I just got Shivan Dragon. Woo! <laughs> Yeah. And you just be like, "Oh yeah, that's terrible." But no, it it makes it fun. It mm-hmm. and it makes me excited because I want to help them out. I want to, you know, if I play against them, I mean, it's not comp REL, but it's the casual REL. So I'll I'll even help them out. I'll, you know, tell them, "Oh wait, are you sure you want to attack me right now? Or are you sure you want to do this?"
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, and I remember when we first started going to drafts and things, we didn't have a lot of cards. So people would always just give us their commons and uncommons. You know, the draft draft. They would just give it to us so that we could build decks and play with these new cards. And then once we got to the point where we had the cards we wanted, we had constructed decks, we started doing that for other newer players. So that's a really kind of cool cycle.
1: Yeah, and I like that. It's that It just makes... I guess that just what reignites my love for Magic every time I see a new player and you give them those cards because... When I started playing as a kid, you know, I didn't have any of that. I didn't even have a game store to go to when I was a kid. It was just, I got my first set of magic cards at a a card shop. He sold nothing but, you know, baseball cards, football cards. And he had a small little area where he sold magic cards. Just like one little box of Urza Saga. And I bought that and thought they were the coolest thing ever. You know, really awesome art. I didn't know what I was even looking at. And Mm. yeah, like... My friends and I, we played at our houses, so we never had a game store. So I like when I see kids, you know, spend their Friday nights or their weekends at a game store instead of doing something else that could be potentially bad, you Mm -hmm. know. So it, it makes me, makes me happy in a sense. It's, um, so do you do, do you have any other hobbies or interests? Going on, I mean, I know you mentioned you do some altars for magic. Mm
0: -hmm. I do a lot of different um, forms of art. I teach private cello lessons as my, like, other source of income other than streaming. So I've always been the artsy kind of type. But I'll do painting. I like to sew. I do cross stitch and stuff like that. (laughs) Um, And I, you know, I like to play other games. So I play Pathfinder every Monday night and i have like just stacks of board games and stuff at home that i like to invite friends over to play so it's a lot of gaming and then when it's not gaming it's like crafty stuff oh, and then cool. i enjoy cooking also
1: what do you what do you enjoy cooking the most
0: everything it, everything <laughs> everything
1: <laughs> um so when you do cross stitch my mom does a lot of crocheting
0: mm-hmm. she's
1: um do you do any of that
0: I have. Uh, it's been quite a while since I've done it, but I used to do more of it.
1: I don't know what all the difference is between cross stitch, crocheting, it's I don't know. You make sure. stuff. That's what. <laughs> make
0: stuff with other stuff.
1: Yeah, pretty much. So do you play any other instruments besides the cello? Not well. Not well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can kind of fake my way through very beginner stuff on the piano and I'm sure I could play another string instrument and kind of figure it out and not sound terrible. But I mean, I don't play anything else to a professional level.
1: Okay. Did you ever want to go professional in like music or anything like that? I mean,
0: I got my degree in music and music performance. So originally that was the plan, but it's not very lucrative unless you're like the best of the best. Oh, really? you know, I'm not bad, but I wasn't the best of the best. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to make it into a symphonic orchestra, you know, without going to another four or five years of school for a doctorate.
1: And, yeah.
0: I mean, most people in symphonies are doctors. Doctorates in music performance. Yeah.
1: Oh, wow. I mean. It's crazy. I mean, I was really into um, music in middle school and high school. But what what else do they teach you in late college or whatever? In music terms of...
0: theory, music history, just increasing your skill level, like intense training, like physically I mean if it's you know, you said you play brass.
1: Yeah, I played tuba, um crap, the smaller version of the tuba, I forget the name of it. Um and I've played um trumpet too.
0: hmm So like building up your body to be able to do that, you know, or like for strings, building up the strength in your arms and your fingers. And, um, just, there's always more skills you can improve on, on an instrument. You're never finished. You're never perfect. Yeah. So you're just spending tons of time learning more about it and just doing everything you can to improve.
1: So Like, what kind of classes did you take in school? Was it, like, how to actually create songs or... or... Yes, so
0: there's music theory, which is... um, It starts off with composition-type things, but it's much more than that. It talks about, you know, why certain chords work moving into other certain chords and all kinds of stuff. And then also just... So there's just so much with music theory, and then there are a lot of music history classes. There are pedagogy classes, so teaching. Um, I took, I mean, I took tons of stuff. I can't even remember them all, but it was like lots of lots of classes.
1: Was there? Because um, one thing I was always interested in, but I mean, I never pursued it or anything. But it always really interested me. Was um like being a conductor or composing music. Do they ha do they have classes for that? Like how to be a conductor and they all do. That?
0: There was a just like I focused on cello, there was a like private instructor for composition. Okay. So you could you could major in composition. So you did a lot with it there. Everyone had to do a little bit through the music theory classes. And then what was the other part? Composition. Oh, and conducting. So yeah, yeah you have to take conducting 1 everyone has to take conducting 1 and then if you're going to be like if you're doing music education you have to take like conducting 2 and 3 also or something like that
1: oh wow i didn't i didn't know that most people in symphonies were doctors or had their doctors that's insane
0: it's it's huge like it's not an easy field
1: well i mean i figured it wouldn't be that easy but I mean, even you for... get
0: your occasional like superstar who like finished high school and goes straight to the New York Symphony or something. Yeah, but generally, most of the people there have gotten masters and/or doctorates in music and even music in, performance.
1: Even in local symphonies or state symphonies or
0: um, all the big ones
1: will. Oh, I played.
0: Okay. I played in the back of the. Um, Paducah Symphony Orchestra while I was in school, but most of the people there had their master's. Like, the regulars had their master's. I was, like, the fill-in for occasional concerts, and, like, some other people from school were as well. But most of them had higher-level degrees in music.
1: Wow, so I'm going to look at it in a whole new light. Like, when... I guess when you hear movie symphonies or movie orchestras, I guess they're pretty big deals then to get into Mm -hmm. something like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, wow.
0: These are people who really know and understand music. And every note on the page tells them an essay's worth of information.
1: Oh,
0: geez. (laughs) There's so much going on.
1: That's... Pretty cool. I mean, I figured they'd be really, really good at music, but I guess I just didn't understand the level of where they were at. You know what I mean? So, no, that's pretty cool, though. Um, so you do private lessons for cello still? Yes. or?
0: Yeah, I have a couple of students that I've been working with lately. Um, it's just kind of, I feel kind of like it's so easy, I'm just taking their money, kind of. <laughs> Cause I'm hanging out with them and telling them how to do something that I've been doing my entire life, which is a valuable information for them. And they were happy to pay for it. Yeah. But I'm like, yes, yeah, so you just do this and that and then play this and then we'll work on it. And yeah, that's what I've been doing forever. So it's super easy for me.
1: Yeah. I, I kind of know what you mean there. There's some, no, nah, I know what you mean exactly. <laughs> it's um, no, but that's cool though. Um, yeah, it's I'm trying to think of anything else here. Um Oh, quick thing. Your favorite magic card? Do you have one? Not really. Not
0: really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of really cool cards. I don't know that I have a favorite. Um I can tell you my first love,
1: which is
0: which was um Hornet Queen.
1: Ooh, that was a good one.
0: And that turned in like that guided me in the direction of villainous wealth. Which might be my favorite. I mean it was for a while at least. But now I know so many more cards and I don't think I could pick favorites.
1: So I'm gonna assume that your favorite format is modern? Yes. Do you um do you play Legacy Merfolk?
0: I have some. I don't the Duck is just a bad chalice deck in Legacy. Okay. You either get chalice and auto win, or you don't get chalice and you auto lose most of oh, really? the time. I don't know, it's it's not really that straightforward, but it's just not powerful enough in legacy. Generally it just falls short. If you want to be playing a chalice like a, an aggro chalice deck, you should probably be playing Eldrazi. Yeah. So it's it's fine. It just wasn't as high of a power level as You know, I want to be able to win my matches based on my skill, which is something that I get to do with Modern Merfolk. It's very even across most of the field, so I can win a game by outsmarting my opponent. But in Legacy, it just wasn't like that. I would like to try out some other decks in Legacy, but I'm not sure which ones I'll enjoy or anything like that.
1: Which ones have you been looking at?
0: I am intrigued by Lance. I'm intrigued by Ad Nauseam Tendrils. Um, I'm not really that interested in Miracles, even though I know it's on top.
1: Delver looks pretty good in um, Legacy, teamer and Grixis. Delver right, teamer
0: Delver is really good. Um, I mean, there's so many also. Um, but I'm building Jund in paper, so I'm relatively close to having Jund Legacy. Ooh, so I'm gonna cool. try that one out, and that's it is lower power level. But my friends around me, who are all building legacy, are relatively like low level legacy anyway, because we're not made of money. We don't have money trees in our backyard, so we're not what, buying into miracles yesterday.
1: Oh, you don't? You just don't have money? Geez, no.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I don't have a money tree in my backyard. I need to get me one of those. Yeah,
1: you do. <laughs> just, just start um Growing out reserve list cards too.
0: Right. I mean, that would (laughs) work for me. I can have a black Lotus tree. That'd be great.
1: Well, you tank the value really quickly.
0: (laughs) No, see, I like very slowly filter them out.
1: So that the value
0: doesn't go down very fast. And maybe they grow slowly like lemons. Lemons take a while to mature. (laughs) A black Lotus could take a while.
1: Now, which black Lotus are we talking about? Alpha, beta or unlimited?
0: Whichever one sells for the most. (laughs) Huh? <laughs> We're going to look it up?
1: Yeah, I'm going to look it up, because I want to say beta, but it's so rare that I ever see an alpha one on sale. Anyway, Well,
0: I mean, the alpha ones aren't playable, so I imagine they're not... I mean, they're great collector's items, but I imagine they're not quite as high of a cost, because they're in boxes and you can't use them.
1: Yeah. So I, I look on Star City Games, and... I mean, they don't have any alpha in stock, but they sell them for twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> and then the, the beta one for an, a near mint is fifteen thousand, but they do have a slightly played beta for eleven thousand dollars.
0: Jeez,
1: that's it. Or wait, that's no, th-
0: intense. That is
1: intense. I'm sure you wouldn't mind, uh, maybe. Another slightly played. Well, they say this is a graded nine. Oh, that's an unlimited one. Never mind. I thought that was beta. Oh, because I saw an unlimited one for eight thousand. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's so expensive.
1: Yeah, so I think vintage is going to be out of our reach.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. What I actually did was, um I pr- I didn't print but I bought some counterfeit cards just of the power nine because I wanted to be able to just play them. I mean I have no interest in playing legit like or vintage or anything cuz one I don't think that'd ever happen in my area. <laughs> but um it it was just like my friend and I we built some just casual vintage decks and it was just cool, you know, being able to lay out black lotus with some of the Moxes and just be able to play broken magic like it was back in the day, but you didn't really know it was broken back then, right? So it's, um, yeah, yeah, I don't think I'll ever get a black lotus. I do have a blacker lotus, so it should automatically be better, right? You think I mean, because it adds four mana instead of three. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was the coolest thing. I got I got that card when I was a kid when Unglued was out, and I thought that was the coolest thing. I really did legitimately think because I wasn't I didn't know about what the unsets were or anything, and I legitimately right. thought like, oh, this is way better than the Black Lotus. <laughs> That's great. That's uh, great. Not a smart kid, not really. <laughs> but um, no, it was cool. But yeah, so I just wanted to thank you again for coming on and really appreciate it this was numero dos even though the <laughs> lost the lost interview will remain lost so we'll never know what we talked about <laughs> right so um do you have any shout outs or plugs you want to give out where can people find you and all that
0: um well i'm all over the internet you can find my writing on starcitygames.com it's released every monday you can find me on Twitch where I stream fifteen hours or so every week. It's um, twitch.tv slash Mrs. underscore mulligan, M R S underscore M-U-L-L-I-G-A-N. And then um, you can find me on Twitter at the Mrs. Mulligan.
1: Yep, you're right. The Mrs. Mulligan. All right, the well, Mrs. Mulligan. Well, I just want to thank you again for coming on and Have a really great night. All right.
0: Yep. You too.
1: And good luck this weekend. You got this. Thank you. (laughs) Uh,
0: That's my plan.
1: All right. Have a good night.
0: Night.